Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. You guys, today I'm super excited to share with you my Being Out on Broadway panel discussion from last year's Broadway Con. I moderated, and the panel featured Tony nominee Jen Colella, three of the handsomest men working on Broadway, Jay Armstrong Johnson, Cesar Samoyoa, and Tyler Haynes. I mean, humana, 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 you guys. And my friend Ariana DeBose, who was like minutes away from her 2018 Tony nomination for some the musical. Speaking of Ariana, you guys, you'll notice that she's not in like the first 40 minutes of this. There was a wee scheduling mishap and she thought the panel was an hour later than it was. I'm sure that was my fault, but it resulted in her making just the most fabulous entrance towards the end. It was our version of an 11 o'clock number. Anyway, I'm obsessed with this panel and these people. BroadwayCon 2019 has already been announced. You can find information and tickets at broadwaycon.com. And here we go. You guys, I'm just going to invite our panelists to the stage so we can just get started. Jay Armstrong, Johnson, Cesar Samuela, Jen Colella, Tyler Haynes. I don't know. Ariana is in the building. She'll be here shortly, I'm, I'm told. I know. <laughs> Hi, gays. How are you? We can just take the... Oh, I'll give this to you guys. And then I'll take this one. Hi, everybody. Um, I feel like what we should do, not that anybody up here needs any introduction, but maybe we could just go down the line, and you could say hi and your name and sort of like a thing that they'll all know you from. Uh, sure. Hi, I'm Cesar Samayoa, and I'm currently in Come From Away. Uh, I'm Jay Armstrong Johnson, and you might have seen me in On the Town a couple of yes! seasons ago. Yes! Oh, that's me. Hi, I'm Tyler Haynes, and hey... And I once was a cat. <laughs> hey, I'm Jen Colella, and I'm in Come From Away. I'm a sweaty mess because we just played the feud, and I ran all the way over here from the main stage, so I'm going to catch my breath for one second. Um, you guys, first of all, the men on this panel are all wearing the same color blue, which is hilarious. I love it. And Jen's got basically the same. So, you guys, my first question, I just want to sort of talk about the state of being, like, LGBTQ on Broadway. So, my first question is sort of, like, in your career, did you make the decision to be out, and how did you come to that decision? So, we'll start with you, Caesar. Sure. Oh, my gosh. That, that's a great question. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me, when, when I first moved into the city way back in the Stone Age, I did, this, um, I did this show called Shakespeare's R&J, and it was four guys who played all of the characters in Romeo and Juliet. And um, it was this huge thing because two guys kissed in the show, and it was like, oh my gosh, these two guys are kissing. I've never seen something like that. And I remember I was asked to do this photo shoot for Out Magazine, and my agents and managers said, absolutely not. You cannot do it. Um, this was back in the late 90s, and this is before the whole, before Ellen came out, you know, before um, Will and Grace, uh, before all of this, and it was such a huge thing, and I'm just thinking about how much time has changed, because would I pro- if I proposed that question to my agents right now, they'd be like, absolutely, and are you going to be shirtless? You know, they just want to... <laughs> Um, so it just makes me think, I, I never guess, I, I don't think I ever had some kind of coming out process in the business, but that's how I started in the business. And now I couldn't be prouder to tell people uh, that I'm gay and I, you know, I have a hubby and we were going to, you know, adopt kids and all of this wonderful stuff. So 
things are really different. <laughs> I have a similar journey, um, but it was in 2006. I was working with the manager at the time. I was doing hair on Broadway. It was my Broadway debut. I was understudying Gavin Creel. Ever heard of him? Um, <clears throat> and uh, and I was uh, dating um, Adam Chandler Barat at the time. Um, and I would go to his stage doors when he was at Next to Normal, and he would come to my stage doors at Hair, and it was this lovely, new, we were in our early 20s, and just, like, gay. And um, and my manager uh, started telling me to uh, be less gay, um, to not go to his stage doors, to not be seen in public together, to kind of dial it back. And I was like, it's 2006, though. Like, it's 2006. So um, that, I was grappling with that, because coming out, like, growing up in Texas in the 90s, was it? Hey, Texas! Um, was like not the easiest thing to do. So coming out was like hard. Um, coming from um, you know a very religious Southern background, so to get to New York was this like yes. And then I got a manager, and I was like a manager. And then like the manager tried to like bring me back in the closet, and uh, I fired that bitch. <laughs> uh, um, so. You know, nowadays, um, I, I still have this, like, weird voice in my head that kind of um, tells me to dial it back every now and again because, you know, I, I want to get straight roles. You know, I see all these Hollywood movie stars, all these straight men playing all the gay guys, and I'm like, mm, damn it. Um, you know, but uh, uh, I, I'm trying in the current atmosphere of the po- po- political world to be as out and proud as ever because that's what it is. Uh, I had a similar, I come from Georgia, so I um, can relate to Jay's story a lot, because I grew up Southern Baptist, and my family's very conservative, and when I came to New York, uh, I, it was the first time I was really able to embrace being a homosexual and working with awesome people, and people just kind of, you know, made me feel good about that. My first part of the show was Oklahoma. My second one was Urban Cowboy with Jen. You know, like five people saw it, but it was a great time. Um, but it was interesting because I had, a, I had representation that kind of told me the same thing as Jay. Just you got to butch it up. And that was something that kind of made me get in my head a little bit. And then um, I met somebody when I was doing a chorus line, my partner Van Hansis. And... At the time, he was on a soap opera, and their uh, vlogger, Perez Hilton, decided to out us. And um, that kind of, that was a decision that was made for me. Um, So I didn't have to necessarily, you know, worry about like, oh, well, this person finding out or whatever, because it was just out there. Um, And it was interesting because it, for me at least, was something I didn't really get a say in. Um, however, a couple years ago, I got to do an article on Playbill.com where Van and I got to talk about our relationship, and I got to kind of, you know, take back control of my story and our story, um, which I think is important. And um, you know, we're still together, and thank God for him. Um, but it was just—it was something that was—it happened, and so I was like, well, I, I don't really have to worry about that now because if you Google me, it's like the first thing to pop up, and I was just glad he didn't like draw semen on my face or whatever you know because he does that because he loves his fellow gays so that's all that one took a turn i didn't i didn't expect that 
first offensive. I, I didn't have, I didn't expect that. Um, uh, my first show was was Urban Cowboy, and um, I was told very early on by um, my director, uh, a, a director, and and my agents to stay in the closet. That um, it was harder for producers and directors to imagine uh, somebody who was gay to be in a straight role. And uh, that was sad and upsetting to me. And I did it, which was also sad and upsetting to me. And then I was offered the role of um, Bebo Brinker in the Bebo Brinker Chronicles. Um, th- I had two people see that. <laughs> and, um, and I was playing a very... Uh, three people. Hi, I remember seeing you in the audience. Um, <laughs> that, that was you three. Thank you. Um, I played a, a very butch um, lesbian, and uh, so then I started having um, different magazines and, and publications come to me, and it just felt wrong to continue to be uh, in the closet uh, while I was playing such a, a, a gay character. And so I said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't feel authentic, and if it hurts my career, then it hurts my career. I would rather be um, my most authentic self, and I think it's important if I am so fortunate to be um, in the theatrical community and therefore in the spotlight for other people that I, I want to I want to be authentic and I want to be proud. And um, so I came out then, and um, it's been wonderful. I've had no backlash. I've played straight roles and gay roles, and um, I've also in my life... Um, I identify as mostly gay, um, and it's mostly. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like boys like every seven years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Cool, cool, cool. That was cool. That was cool. Um, Meanwhile, all the gay men on this panel are like, yeah, Jen Clover looks pretty good. <laughs> Um, um, I've also come out as polyamorous, um, and I, you know, I, I, I think it's important for us all to remain fluid. I don't want to remain in, in some category of, oh, she's gay, and, and sometimes I, I find that now that I'm, I'm out and people are like, oh, she's a lesbian, but I'm like, oh, I'm, I also have a boyfriend, and they, people get upset. They're like, well, you don't fit in this certain thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's important, too. We don't all fit into one little box, and that's okay. Um, is somebody laughing about little box? How dare you? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but as far as being a professional and out in the in the community, I want to be as honest about who I am in this moment right now. And being a queer woman in uh, the Broadway community is something I'm, I'm very proud of. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So I was reading your Jen was in the Out 100 this year, which is a really fun, really cool honor. Yeah. <laughs> And you were talking about being polyamorous, and I don't know what that is. Oh, right on. Um, <laughs> um, so it, polyamory just means loving uh, many people. Um, and so I, I was dating a, a married couple for over a year and a half, and at the same time I also have a girlfriend, and, and each of them have a girlfriend and a boyfriend. We all have found a way to um, love one another, and for any other experiences that we have, uh, where we keep our hearts open to other people, that we are transparent about it, and that we're honest about it. It. And so that if I have a crush on someone, I'm dating someone, I don't pretend like I don't have energy. I talk to my partners about it and say, I have energy with this person. And we talk openly about it rather than it being a secret. Um, and that doesn't mean jealousy doesn't come up. It certainly does. But what I've learned about being polyamorous is that any jealous feelings that come up, I have to own. I can't blame it on someone else. If I've been in a monogamous relationship and I feel jealous, I'm like, well, if you stop doing that, then I won't feel this way. And, and with this, I've, I've put myself in a position where... 
there's going to be openness all around. And so if I feel jealous, I have to deal with those feelings and ask what's really frightening me about somebody else loving someone else. Because there's like a, we feel like we have to be the best, right? And I don't believe that love is a better or best situation. I think is, is if we can open up our hearts to all kinds of love, um, then, then we're going to learn more about ourselves. Um, you know, that stated, I don't know that I will always be polyamorous, um, but it has taught me a great deal about loving myself and loving others unconditionally. Mind blown. <laughs> One last question. When professionally, you know, you were talking about, all of you were talking about sort of dealing with management and people not wanting you to like reveal that you were gay or whatever. With this polyamory thing, is this another thing that people want to manage you to talking about? Yes, it is. My, <laughs> um, but they've been, all the press reps have been really cool about it. They, they, you know, I ask them like, is it okay? I, I don't want to, because come from away is such a beautiful, like kind of family story. And they've been great. Not one time have they balked and, and said, no, we rather you not. They've, they've been really, really sweet about me being open about polyamory as well. But yes, people have a lot of questions about it and I'm happy to talk about it. I think it's a new way for us all to learn. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think it's a new way for us to open our hearts up um, to start to move away from jealousy and from um, possession and, and anger over somebody loving someone else. I think as much love as we can propagate right now in the world uh, is, is going to help us out. Yeah, thank you. So you guys are all big stars in, in our community. I'm wondering, as you navigate the waters of trying to take the next steps in your career, maybe working out beyond Broadway, is it a whole different world of navigating being out, or is it a similar thing, like it's you see what you get? <laughs> I mean, honestly, for me, I, I can't go back to where I was before, and I refuse to go back, so... You either take me or leave me, and that's what it is for me. <laughs> there were so many songs, I was like, we go I wish he would have broken out in song. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. There's, there's stuff already out there. The internet has all information about every single one of us. Um, so... You know, it's not like you can go back and erase that. Not that we want to. I don't want to do that at all. And and thankfully, thus far, um, it's just kind of anything, a job or whatever. It's what I present in the room that matters. And what I do on stage that matters. My personal life does not matter. And, I mean, there have been situations where it could have affected me getting the job or not. But I'm not going to... I'm going to be whoever you want me to be in the room, and then I'm going to be me aside from that. And that's, that's just how I feel, and, and thankfully, it hasn't really had a backlash on me right now. But I think also just where everything is in the world, and um, not that like homosexuality is becoming more commercial or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But like there has been a big, since I moved to New York in 2002, and just watching it shift um, the theater community has always been the same, but in Hollywood, in the media, um, watching, um, you know, us rise and, and certain celebrities, certain people in power coming out and owning who they are has made, um, things a lot easier. Now there's still, you know, we've got a, a ways to go, but I think that it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not, yeah, it's not as daunting now. 
what's also cool is that we're starting to have more straight allies, right? Um, and finally, our, our straight friends were like, oh, this isn't cool anymore. We do need to kind of march with you and stand with you. And that's what I have found in the gay movement. Um, I think we've moved forward quite a, a great deal because a lot of our straight friends are realizing that we have not been treated as equals. And so they're starting to, to stand with us. And that's made a, a, a big, big difference. Yeah, I think social media has a huge thing. We get to control how we present ourselves to the world with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and this or that. Or, um, so I know in my life I have many people that still don't understand the gay thing, definitely don't understand the polyamory thing. I was talking to a very good friend of mine that's actually dealing with infidelity in her relationship, and I brought up this idea of polyamory and the jealousy and the possession. And I was like, in New York, I found this community, and I think I might want to be a part of it and uh, to deal with my own jealous issues. And she was she couldn't even hear it. And so, uh, you know... I, I have that person who's someone I've known my whole life dealing with her views and she sees my Instagrams and she is probably about 90% of the population that feels that way toward polyamory and even maybe toward homosexuality. So I know that at least I can control how I'm presenting myself to the world and also uh, sh not shoving it in their faces but just being like, it's a way of life. You know, like you truly blew my mind when you talked about it because I had this conversation last night and so uh, it, just being visible I think visibility is huge um, being yourself talking about issues that make people uncomfortable and I think social media um, allows us to do that I wanted to talk about like the importance of visibility you know do you like you're actors you're all in the spotlight you know do you feel it, it is important to like to be visible as gay people. Jay, you were talking about social media. I know a lot of you are, are big, active on social media, and you sort of share your lives with your fans in that way. Like, do you feel a responsibility to be on the LGBT panel at BroadwayCon? Do you feel a responsibility? Or, or are you just sort of like, if I want to do what I will, but it's not, like, it doesn't feel like a priority? I mean, I am honored to, to even be asked to be on this panel. I mean, I was, I was part of it last year, and it was maybe one of the more emotionally jarring experiences of my whole career. I mean, this room was about 15 times the size, and it was right after the election. And it, I mean, it was really intense. Um, what was the question? <laughs> just like, do you feel like you... Is this part of your mission as a person, is to be visible? It, it absolutely is, because it was something that I grappled with um, growing up and trying to get into this industry and thinking, should I be in the closet, should I not be in the closet? And then when I decided to just like be myself, then I, I found I found this um, this love that came back to me. I mean, this, this activism and this hashtag resist movement, as much as I was fought by my family even and by friends back in Texas that I should be quiet and that I should stay still and it was what America voted. I also had this um, this opposite force that was coming at me from people saying thank you for what you're talking about. Thank you for your activism. And so um, then it became a part of who I was and I couldn't deny that anymore. And if there are people in this industry that don't want to cast me because I say Trump, then I don't want to work for those people anyway. You know, that's, that's, that's an energy you know, that flows back to you. I don't, I don't know if I feel a responsibility, but I look at it this way. I, I, 
I so wished when I was younger that I had something like this to look up to, yeah. you know, artists like this that, that, are, that kind of talk freely about their lives, about uh, who they love, about how they live their lives. So um, if that gives me an opportunity to help somebody else that was in my position, when I, you know, the same position that I was in when I was younger, then I am honored to do it. Anybody else anything to say on that, friends? I, I do feel a little bit of a responsibility only because um, I, I've been pushed more into the spotlight this year and um, and I have so many beautiful um, fans who come up to me and say thank you for being out and thank you for your um, courageousness and thank you for being open about who you are and that means the world to me. Um, I, I just think it's... One of the, the reasons why I got into this business was to connect and to touch people. And if part of my who I am as a person um, can can help do that as well as the work that I do on stage, then then I feel very fortunate. And there is a responsibility because people are watching how I am in the world. And so it's not only about being gay and out. It's about being kind and leading with gratitude and being a, a, a respectable human being. And so there is a responsibility to be the best that I can be. And, and being gay is part of that. What she said. <laughs> Jen Kalila is taking me to church this morning, you guys. It is literally <laughs> Sunday morning and Jen is my pastor. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask about, so last year, I mean, really, it's one of the most memorable moments of my existence was, like, you were speaking at last year's panel, and we were talking, I mean, I remember, we, it was like, we started our panel right when the, tra- like, literally the hour the travel ban went into effect, and it was, like, right after the, ele- or some whatever was happening, it was just madness, and I'm wondering if you guys can all speak as artists about, like, what your concerns were going into this year, and if you feel... Um, if, if what your fears were came to be and how you're dealing with it, how you're resisting, if you are. I've, uh, I've stopped being the resist guy because um, it, it was hard for me this year. <laughs> it was truly hard because I, I found so much negativity. Come, I mean, uh, just fighting and combating and arguing with people that disagreed with me. And so I tried to take a step back from the anger and just be my true self, like Jen was saying, like leading with kindness, leading with love. And so that's literally been like working with my therapist self, you know, (laughs) trying to like love and light, love and light, love and light. And that is just as much of an opposing force as like, resist! Do you know what I mean? And so that's, that's, that's what I've been grappling with is this negative energy versus the positive energy. And I think it's always important to go with the positive. Fight the fight, but fight it with love, not fire. You know, for me, it was this year has been interesting because my like I said, I was raised very conservative Southern Baptist. And then the journey that I've gone on as a gay man and the journey that my family's gone on has been amazing. And then when everything happened with the election, it was really hard for me not to take it personally because my family voted for Trump. And I immediately like took that as like. Like I had a bullseye on my back, and they were, and, and it was so. I remember the night that it all happened in November. Like I couldn't sleep. The next day, going to work. Like I mean, if anybody was in New York City, like it was just like a ghost town. And and then you know, Mamie was singing "Memory," and we were all like weeping because, like, for me, I went to a really negative, dramatic place. Like, and and I just couldn't. I don't know. I just I didn't. I took it so. 
I didn't know how to not take it personally with my family because I was like, you know, by you choosing this and, and this is your leader and, and for what he s- says he stands for and, but, you know, come on. And, and, and his wingman, what he stands for, it's just like, I, I just, it was hard for me. It was, I was also, I know, being selfish, but I couldn't help but not be because it was so, I mean, I remember my, my partner calling my mom while I was at work and he was like, you need to call your son because he, I'm, ugh. because I was just, it was hard. But the journey that we've gone on still, and it's always a journey. It's always a journey. My mom was raised a certain way and, and how she was raised to think of homosexuality was it's a sin. You're going to hell, la, 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 and, and she doesn't believe that anymore because, you know, t- parents teach children, but children also teach the parents, and you have to be open to that. And she has been, and she's so, she's such an advocate now, and, and you know, in this past year, you know, with the climate of everything, um, I know, and she made it very clear to me that she supports me and loves me and like that will never change and she will always advocate for me and I think I like to think now that she thinks that she was wrong too in her choice but um I don't know but it's just it that was I it's a journey and it's always going to be a journey and this nation is on a journey and you know it's like we take two steps forward and then two steps back but we're going to constantly be moving and and hopefully progressing and and I think that at least for myself and with my family, that was, you know, something, it was something we had to face and deal with, and we're dealing with it, but, you know, it's always going to be filled with love, so. This is, this is important. Um, I, with, with what's going on politically, um, and especially within our own families, to bridge the gap, uh, to find something that brings us together, um, rather than divides us, which is what you know the current administration is about division, and we all know historically that has never proven good for the human race. So we have to find a way to bridge this gap. And while I believe in the resist movement and I believe in resisting, I believe in doing so with love and respect. So, so calling our president names and calling him a—it's it, we're stooping down to his level. We have to stop with the name calling, and we have to stop with the "well, you're wrong, so you should be." you know, abolished from the earth, um, rather than saying you and your mom coming together and her growing up the way she did with those strong ideals and now her being an advocate for you as well as a Trump supporter is quite beautiful. It's quite lovely. And the fact that maybe perhaps loving you and seeing you and being proud of you is starting to change her mind is stunning. And you saying, you know, kids can teach their parents sometimes that that's a hard pill to swallow, and you're like, well, I don't want to teach my mom. That feels wrong. It's fine. It's totally okay. As adults now, we can all just help each other learn to love and to tamp down the hate um, and and realize that the more we can start talking about these things, even if we're on completely different sides in a loving, respectful way, that's the only way forward. Truly, it's the only way forward. We can't just say, well, they're never going to hear us. They'll hear us, but we have to speak loudly with love. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many ways to be able to bring good into this world and change. And social media is really not one of them that, that, that is very effective, you know. Um, I see so many people's rights, so many different groups' rights being kind of like subversively 
diminished and taken away almost on a daily basis that it makes me think, um, is this community next? You know, what's going to happen? It makes me put my money where my mouth is. I'm involved with organizations, with my church that's very active. Um, and we do huge things in order to kind of bring, to bridge the gap, to be able to have conversations rather than just yelling resist. Um, so I couldn't agree with you more. It's just uh, we really need to be able to start speaking to one another rather than kind of yelling at each other and tweeting something horrible back. It just there are better ways. And some of those organizations, um, I would like to hear which ones you're involved with. I Move On and HRC are two of my biggest. Um, re- I really believe in them. Um, and as far as social media goes, I, I joined Instagram last week. <laughs> and it's terrifying. <laughs> Um, I've never been on Facebook, um, but I, and I've been on Twitter, and I promised myself when I joined Twitter that I would only tweet things that are positive, and I have stayed true to that. I have never once um, liked or done any, like, retweeted anything negative or tweeted anything negative. And so there can be, you can use it for, yeah. for positive. What, what are some of the organizations? That- I, I definitely, with my church, Middle Collegiate Church, which is uh, down in the East Village, that is a very much uh, an activist kind of for social causes type of foundation and um, we do some pretty incredible stuff but um, I'm also heavily involved with immigration I'm from Guatemala and you know I'm in the verge of parts of my family being you know shipped back basically to another country after they've uh, established their lives here for over 20 30 years so it's uh, it's something that hits close to home I was thinking about how you, you all come from a place of power now, you know, in your careers and just as people. And I'm, I know that that must have been a journey. And I'm wondering if there was a moment in that journey that stands out to you as like, okay, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going in the right direction. Like this is being out and being honest about who I am is either helping somebody or it's helping me. Like, is there a moment that you can think of in your life or your career that stands out to you as like, yes, I'm on the right path with this? It's a pretty heavy question. Feel free to take a second. <laughs> I, I, for me, and it, and it just happened this past year, uh, because I, I'm not the greatest at social media, and I just am the type of person I'm like, well, nobody's really like looking at me. Um, and then in doing Cats and at the stage door and meeting like our awesome, awesome fans, but they related to the show in, in such a way that is beyond musical theater or, or wow, you can sing really high or you're cute because you're in cat drag, so nobody really, you know, <laughs> wow, you're a really hot cat. Um, but it was just something, and, I, and, and it was fascinating to me because I learned so much from um, the fans and, and uh, you know, just how each character affected them or who they related to, and, and there's, there's a draw with that show that I think is unlike any other, and and for me, at the stage door, that's when I realized, oh, I guess people are paying attention or um, are aware of, like, because I would have people be like, you know, you and your partner, that's just really, you know, how you guys respect each other and treat each other, whether it be on social media, which we don't really do that well, or, you know, in an article or in life is, um, you know, that's how I am with my partner or that's what I want or, you know, just because you make it seem like normal. And I'm like, well, it is normal. We are normal. There is no, you know, I don't know, I'm babbling right now. But that, just with cats, that was, for me, 
that put me, made me aware of like, oh, you're in this position. So, you know, like maybe you should start leading a little more of a charge and, and because people are watching and listening and, and um, yeah, that's all I'm babbling. I, I think um, I, I had the good fortune of being nominated for Tony this year and, and I didn't expect it. I'm in such an ensemble piece. I honestly didn't expect it. And um, so when there, with that comes obviously a lot of publicity and there were a lot of interviews and I kept finding um, that I had the opportunity because people were asking about my personal life and wanted to know I had the opportunity to share um, my my personal life and who I was. And I felt really proud that I had this, this moment to be somebody that I am uh, proud to share with the world. And again, it's not just because I'm a queer woman. It's because I try to live my life in a way that is respectable um, and, and lead with kindness. And I'm proud of who I am in the show. And I'm proud of who I am in life. And I also happen to be a proud gay woman. And so the combination of all of those things, to have that platform and to have a lot of the media um, attention, I, that, that was a big moment for me when I realized, oh, I'm, I'm, I think if it had happened... You know, for Urban Cowboy, way back when I was only however old, 27 years old, um, I don't know that I would have been ready for all of that attention or been able to speak uh, the way that I want to speak now. So I'm glad now at 43 that it's happening and that I feel um, like I can, I can speak eloquently about who I am. It, it feels like it's all happened at the right time. Um, I think it was um, my Broadway debut in Hair. Because uh, it wasn't just a musical, it was a movement for us as a cast. Um, Gavin Creel um, started Broadway Impact. Uh, it was right before um, we got our right to marry who we wanted to marry. We, we as a cat, our producers, which is unheard of, shut down our show for a day or two so that we could take a bus to Washington, D.C. and march on Washington for gay rights. And so we, we weren't just on stage protesting as, like, 70s, like, hippies. We were in the community going to rallies and marches in Times Square and skipping shows and losing out on thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars as a show to, to, to fight for rights. And so... At 21 years old, I was an understudy watching a cast actually make movements happen in the world. Um, and I had never been more proud. And uh, I, every single person who friended me on Facebook, I said yes to because I was just all about love. And now I have too many friends and I have to unfriend all of them because because uh, you, you have like an, a limit to friends that you can have on Facebook. So. Reason number 723 I've never joined. <laughs> So, I call someone my friend, you're my friend. I can't. <laughs> so that's when it was for me. It was the b- very beginning of my career where... Ariana DeBose! <laughs> so is it with hair. <laughs> oh my God, she's wearing blue too. Is that blue? <laughs> and leather pants. Holla! <laughs> Please tell us there was a good reason you're late. It's always a good reason when you're late, you know. Yes. What are we talking about? So gay. I'm so taken by your gorgeousness. I forgot my own question. What were we, you were fin- wait? Finish what you were saying. 
Um, it was hair. <laughs> Caesar, what was the question? It was about finding where, where you found your strength, yes? Yes, yeah. Yeah, the moment in your career or the yes. moment in your life where you found... I, I have to say that my strength uh, goes back to uh, when I came out and to with my family. Uh, honestly, they are the seeds of, of my strength. I was terrified to come out. Terrified. And... Um, my mom came to see, my mom and dad came, to, I'm going to start crying. My mom and dad came to see a show that I was doing. And afterwards, she gave me this bag and said, when you're ready to talk about this, we're here for you. And it's this, it was a book of support for gay, lesbian, and bisexual kids and a letter from each one of my brothers and sisters. And my mom said, don't you ever not tell people who you are in this world. And because of her, I have found my strength going forward. So, yeah. So... Um, so moms and dads out there and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, please support the kids in your life, no matter what it is. It doesn't have to be gay or lesbian or anything like that because you have no idea where that support is going to take them in the world. All right, we're going to do a quick lightning round with Ariana DeBose. Did you, um, your journey to being out in your career, like why did you make that decision and, and was it like a difficult thing to do? Um, that is a good question. Uh, you know, I don't know that I actually made a decision. I didn't decide. I just was living my life, you know. Um, and I had moved to the city. Or I think I was 19 when I moved. Um, I, I didn't go to school. So I was in the school of life. And life happened. And in New York, you're surrounded by anything and everything. And I just remember looking up one day and being like, oh, my God, I like her. <laughs> I like that. And, and I was in such a safe community. I could just be myself. And there was nothing wrong with it. So I didn't act- exactly f- feel like I came out. I just lived my life. And my, my family was really great with me about it. They were just like, oh, great. That's awesome. Go forth and prosper. May the force be with you. Um, so, Yeah. And then when, in being out now and being a known person in the community, do you feel a responsibility to be visible, to sort of like, to sort of talk about your queerness or to be on panels like this or to do interviews and talk about it? Or are you just living your life? It's a combination. You know, I, I realize with what we do, we are given this platform. You know, we're artists. People look to us. Um, that's the function of of great art is to inspire change and um, we are arbiters of culture are we not and we're in such an important time in in our country and and I'm privileged to have a platform where I can talk about who I am and what I believe in and and so yeah I, I, I do feel that there is a responsibility that comes with that so I choose to show who I am every day and to be authentic, and that is a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that. When you make that choice, there are a lot of things that come with it. So you had to be ready for that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think the answer to your question is a big fat yes. <laughs> so question for the room. Do you guys, has there ever been a situation in your career where you have felt that you have needed to exert your queerness to right or wrong or just to not be talked to that way? Or has there been a time that has been uncomfortable where you've taken that step and actually said, no, 
like this, this thing isn't right, or you can't say that, or I'm not going to be spoken to like that. Or do you know what I'm saying? Do you get the gist of the question? They're like, no, I don't get it. Have you ever, have you ever had to, like, you know, have you ever been in a situation where you've had to, like, shut something down or correct somebody on something, and in doing so, either outed yourself or stepped into something uncomfortable because maybe you're not, you know, an aggressive person in that way, but you've had to do it for, because it just felt like the right thing to do? Sort of. Um, Most of it, uh, my most recent project was at Summer, the Donna Summer musical. And I'm playing a woman who is, uh, you know, coming out of codependency and, uh, and exploring her sexuality whilst being uh, very religious. Um, so, you know, while she was straight, uh, there are moments when I'm in the room creating this person where uh, perspectives are... Um, are a little closed. So it's like, it's my job to open them. And I have had to put my foot down at times and say, you know what? No. No, I don't think she would have thought that. If you're talking about someone who is open sexually and um, became the poster child for the era of disco, which is all things lovely and sex and love and freedom... And super gay. And super gay. I feel like you're using super your Donna gay. Summer voice right now, and I like it. I can't really hear what you're saying, but I like what you sound like. I can't like. hear a word you're saying because your voice is so lovely. You're welcome, darling. You, she knows I have a soft spot for her. No. Um, so there have been moments I totally forgot what I was talking about. It literally did that. <laughs> there have been moments where I've had to talk about, well, people who are open sexually. And when you're talking about labels, when you're talking about the freedom that comes with that, it, it can get a little hairy with folks who don't, with folks that that's not their ministry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so you have to learn to pick and choose your battles and places to take a stand. Yeah. See what I did there? Um, and it's, it can be awkward. The, the oxygen kind of flies out the room. Um, also, when you're a black woman saying things to perhaps a panel of white men, sometimes that's a little different, too. See, I got all the labels going on right about now. God, I wish you'd been here the whole time. <laughs> no! I said, I wish you'd been here the whole time. I'm just kidding. I'm so happy. No, no, we'll no, take no, you for as long no, as you can. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You're so perfect. Never change. <laughs> Does anybody else have an answer to that question that they feel moved to share? I mean, I think just growing up and grappling with my sexuality, I've had to fight many, many, many battles over the last 30 years. And so I can't really pinpoint anything specifically because it just kind of feels like the way I've gone through life. You know, so I I can't really think of anything specific, at least career-related. I think I'm just so used to being like, no, that's actually... Not me. That's cool that it's not you. You know, it's, it's just kind of how I've lived um, and how I've been conditioned, I guess. So that's that. Yeah. Um, okay, last question because we only have a few minutes. And it doesn't have to be LGBT related at all, but what is something super happy or positive you're looking forward to this year? Sema Yoa, you're up. Uh, 
Uh, me and my partner are moving into our new place that we bought together, so it's a huge step for us. <laughs> Very huge step. Uh, and then hopefully adopting a little one right after that. So that's it. Um, I'm excited to be living alone for the very first time in my whole life. Um, being on television for two seasons of Quantico has allowed me to have a little bit of financial bearing to be able to do that. Um, and I've never lived alone literally ever unless like La Jolla Playhouse flies me out to do a sit down for three months. So it's it's been nice. A lot of meditating, a lot of self-reflection, a lot, uh, alone time is good. Um, as much as it's hard for me uh, to do that, I, I like being around people. I'm a little bit of a codependent person, so I'm learning a lot about myself, and it's a positive journey. It's a positive journey. It's a positive journey. I'm, I guess I'm, I, I've, I've got a lot of new going on in my life, and uh, I'm excited for more new, put it that way. When you... you uh, are given opportunities when that opportunity knocks, you like say hello. That was for you, Jen. <laughs> and so I'm really excited for, for a lot of what he's talking about. That's what I have going on in my life, and I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> One or the other. Um, for me, as silly as this sounds, um, I am excited about finding a hobby. <laughs> by my therapist <laughs> she was like I, I, therapy's good y'all therapy is really good um, but it's so easy as, as actors as artists to become uh, it, to become your life and especially when you're doing a project that is really physically demanding and it becomes a lifestyle um, some things you know you put on the back burner relationships, uh, you've just got to nurture everything. And so for me, my goal with 2018 is finding balance and finding a hobby. So yes. the search is on, and I'm really excited about that, as yes. stupid as that sounds. It's a big deal to me. Um, I think I'm excited this year for, for us, this gay community to join together and to continue to move forward as advocates uh, with our straight brothers and sisters as allies and advocates of kindness and gratitude and, and love. Um, if we can all continue to be kind to one another and to ourselves and to move forward in, in this, um, we're in a fight, we're in a, there's a thing happening ha now, but we don't have to do it with just anger and, and meanness. If we can keep kindness in our hearts as a community, as a collective human community and move forward uh, in that way, that's something I'm, I'm really, really positive and excited about. Jen Colella, Tyler Haynes, Ariana DeBose, Jay Armstrong Johnson, Cindy Tembio. It is my honor to get to talk to you guys about this. Thank you so, so much. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Rizell, Ty Williams, Cynthia Wallach, and Carol Spellman. Thanks also to Steve Tipton, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next week. Until then, go see some theater, you guys. You guys.